0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. for you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from
1: HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Pellett, and I am an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as he always does, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland.
0: I want my... I want my, I want my Google TV. <laughs> so
1: do a lot of other people. It's a very popular topic right now.
0: Yeah, because uh, at the time that we're recording this podcast, the the announcement of Google TV is is pretty much fresh. It just came out uh, the week before we're sitting down to record this. Now, by the time it publishes, obviously it'll be uh, around a little bit longer than that. But um, we want to talk about what Google TV is and whether or not it has a chance at succeeding and, uh, and why other attempts at bringing Internet television uh, to, to the consumer market have not really taken off. And I guess the best way of doing this is to kind of look at where Internet TV has been over the last several years. Okay, that sounds good to me. So, Internet TV is not anything new. As anyone who has visited the Consumer Electronics Showcase in the last, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, five, ten years could tell you, Internet TV has been a discussion point among multiple manufacturers for several years. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, there are some televisions out there that already incorporate some sort of of uh, Internet or web-based um, uh, uh, content you know, that you can you can access. Um, most of them are fairly limited, and that might be the big reason why it hasn't really taken off. Uh, before the televisions and set-top boxes were on the scene, really the only way you were going to get anything on the internet on your television was by hooking your computer up to your TV. Well, oh, I mean, there's web TV the only I'm good sorry, you- <laughs> way to get yeah no web- I just
1: turned uh, I just turned Jonathan's face a little green I think no
0: I actually had a friend who had web TV and I uh, I, I was never intrigued by the product mainly because I already had you know a computer that could access the web mm-hmm. and uh, and when I looked at the product in use I, I just it, I could tell it was not for me
1: well I, I will say though that uh, products like web TV uh, products like DVRs, Mm-hmm. Um, they're all sort of factors in the hype for Google TV, and, and they're all sort of, in some way, um, sort of a predecessor, you know, or, or maybe a, a part of the, the concept behind sure. Google TV. It's a unification of those things, a, yeah, yeah, a, if you will, convergence.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely been an evolution. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look back at the early. The early solutions, besides hooking a computer up to your television, scene. right? The biggest problem with that is it's a barrier to the average consumer. Yeah, it is because it, uh, we've talked about this before. There appears to be a fundamentally intimidating factor of hooking your computer up to your TV for yeah. most consumers. Mm-hmm. Now, for some of you guys listening out there, you're probably thinking, "Hey, I've had a computer hooked up to my TV for years. There's nothing. There's no real big deal about it. You just get uh, a couple of pieces of software. You get." The 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 right cable, you hook it up and you're ready to go. Mm -hmm. And that's true. But for the average consumer who's used to having a television and maybe a couple of boxes that hook up directly and do all the work for you, it seems like it's a a pretty... Intimidating uh, uh, endeavor, especially when you start thinking, uh, do I want to have to sit down and watch my TV with a keyboard on my lap yeah. in order to, to see the things I want to see? And a lot of consumers don't, which may end up being a problem for Google TV, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So... We move beyond the hooking your computer up to your television television, which some people would st- say is still the best option mm-hmm. and in fact I- i'm not going to disagree uh, it's going to hooking a computer up to your TV is probably going to give you the widest array of uh options uh, out of anything that's currently on the market right um, but again still has that intimidation factor. If you move beyond that, then we start looking at the products that have slowly begun to integrate web based content into their uh into the system, mm-hmm. so things even like TiVo has right. has this, right? Right. Well, I mean,
1: TiVo and other uh, digital video recorders, mm-hmm. in general. Um even when they just got started, they offered you the opportunity to record video, of course, but you also had things like an electronic program guide. Um, you had the ability in, in some cases, especially with, with TiVo, to set up subscriptions. So what it would have to do would be to call in to the TiVo subscription, at least in the, the earliest versions, it would actually make a phone call with a modem, to get the program information to use on the electronic program guide. And you could say, you know what? I want to watch every new episode of Lost as soon as it comes on. So the TiVo would go out, get the information about when it was on. Say ABC changes it from Tuesday night to Thursday night. I never watched Lost, so I know... I probably have gotten the dates wrong, but let's just say they change the show, whatever show it is, from one night to the other. Sure. The electronic program guide is going to be instantly updated. Well, not instantly, but when it calls in, it's going to be updated. It's going to know when the show has changed. It's, you know, it's changed the date. It's changed the time slot. It can go ahead and get that information for you. So it's far more interactive than setting your TV for, you know, every Tuesday night at eight o'clock and then finding out, uh, you know, via a paper guide, Manually and saying, oh, man, I missed Tuesday night's episode of my show because I didn't realize that they had changed nights and time slots on me, and now I, I'm stuck. This right. is far more interactive. It, it, it allows you uh, some control over these things without having to mess with it, but it's still not accessing the internet proper to get that information now later models of tivo and some of the other dvrs actually do access the internet but if they're only accessing it for the electronic program guide and the, the programming information to get your tv shows mm-hmm. that's not really the same as what google tv is offering
0: right and then you have the the devices like roku sure or apple tv mm-hmm. which give you an access to a slice of content from the web but it's not it's not unfettered access to what's on the web. Right. So, for example, with Roku, you would have these various channels that they've set up where you can access content from those channels. And it's not channels in the sense of a cable operator. It's more like a content provider. So, for example, one of the channels, which, of course, is this is something that you can find across multiple uh, devices now, is the Netflix Instant Streaming channel. So if you are a Netflix subscriber and you have Mm -hmm. access to the Instant Streaming uh, service that they provide you can use a Roku box to access your instant streaming queue and and stream it to your television. Mm -hmm. So you can watch this stuff that, you know... Normally, you might think you'd have to watch it on a computer screen. You can watch it on your big screen TV. Now, there are actually lots of different ways that you can access Netflix streaming, which to me just says that Netflix has got like the plan. If you're a content provider, look at Netflix because they are doing it right. They, you can find them across multiple platforms, including video game consoles like the Xbox 360, the PS3, and the Wii. Yes. So they are going into more houses than, than pretty much any other content provider. Um, and other platforms as
1: well. They have uh, apps for uh, the iPad mm-hmm. and I believe uh, the iPod and iPhone as well, and you know other mobile devices. So they are they are reaching out to those markets as well. So you could. Well, be there, waiting for the subway to watch your show and still be able to access that.
0: There's a, there's a Netflix app for Android as well, although the yeah. Android app is, is mainly being able to manage the queue, manage the queue, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's not to watch the content, it's to manage the queue, which is probably a good thing because I think trying to stream that content to your mobile device, especially if you're on the move, would be a pretty unsatisfying experience. You would either get a really poor quality video and audio or it would take forever for it to stream. Well, yeah, that
1: and it's going to tax the uh, wireless
0: network. Exactly. As well. And if you, yeah, that's the other problem. And I'm sure the network providers don't want to see that. So, mm-hmm. at any rate, I'll, I'm sorry, you were going to say, go well, ahead. Well, I was going to mention Apple TV since you, yes, you mentioned yes, it. Yes, that, that's a
1: little different model because Apple TV um, is a box that actually has been on the market for quite some time. People have. Uh, been talking about the possibility that Apple may kill the device because it doesn't seem like it's very popular. Uh, you know, it's just one of those things that it's a, uh, hey, wait, that's still for sale right. sort of thing. Right. But, um, it's sort of an in-between too as far as the way it works because you might buy a show or subscribe to a show on the iTunes Store, have it downloaded to your Apple TV, and then you connect that to your TV and watch the content from there.
0: Right. But so, you're so going
1: show by show, and you know you're yeah. buying the. You're subscription limited to, one to by whatever one.
0: is on iTunes. Exactly. You can't you can't use it to access all the video content that you can find across the web. Which is also true of the the Netflix. Right. Netflix yeah. The situation. Roku box is the same way. Like right. The Roku box you only have access to the channels that Roku has made partnerships with. So like Major League Baseball would be another great example. You'd yeah. be able to watch all these baseball games that are not in your local area uh, um, through the, the Roku uh, box. Other boxes also have deals with Major League Baseball. So on the the, the set-top side, we have this kind of limited access to web content. Right um, On televisions, meanwhile, there were some televisions that had a little limited access to web content. Some of them only went with widgets. So you would have a channel, essentially, on your TV where you could go and access widgets to find things like the latest news headlines, weather reports, stock tips, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Things that were useful, but, again, it was a very narrow slice of all the content that's on the web. Yeah. Now... This leads us to Google TV, which is a much broader approach to getting content from the web onto your television set. Yeah. Now, Google TV is built upon Android, the Android operating system, Android 2.1 to be specific. Uh, the web browser that it's using is the Chrome web browser, so we're sticking with Google products here. That's mm-hmm. not a big surprise. And it's using the Intel Atom microprocessor to generate the power it needs to both be able to display video and to access web content mm-hmm. so that's that's where your your backbone is that's your Android operating system Chrome web browser Intel microprocessor uh, the idea behind Google TV is that you would be able to access pretty much all of the web through your television in a very uh, in a simplified user interface so that it looks very familiar to anyone who's ever used the Chrome web browser hmm And it integrates not just the web content, but... Your television content as well, depending on how you're getting that TV content. So let's say you're getting it via satellite or cable, and you want to search for a specific program, you could go into Google TV on your television. You mm-hmm. got a keyboard. This is one of the, the parts where I'm saying that this might be a problem because again, consumers don't generally want to have to have a keyboard in order to access their their television programming. But this might be the uh, tipping point for that. It change could be. Too. It could this be.
1: This is this has been uh, pretty intriguing, I think, to a lot of people in that regard.
0: So right, so this so they might change things. Yeah, they could search for a program on, uh, on in in a, a browser, something that looks like the Chrome browser, <laughs> and by searching for that program, Google will search not just the um, the the web; it will search your DVR, and it might search the actual live broadcasts that are coming in through whatever. Content provider you're using, whether it's satellite or cable or whatever, right? So that it will, when the results that'll come up will include various options. So let's say that you are three episodes behind on House, okay? And you want to search for House. You could search for that, and it's going to bring up the next uh, any any episodes that you might have on your DVR. Mm -hmm. It'll bring up the result for whenever it's going to show next live on TV, and it may bring up something like Hulu where okay. you can watch the last few episodes on Hulu. And um and again it's giving you access to uh, essentially the entire web. You're no longer looking at little pie slices. Mm-hmm. Um now that's truly revolutionary when it comes to web based content on the internet if you don't if you haven't taken the step of connecting a computer to the TV right because again if you have already done that then you've you pretty much have access to all of this it's just it's a do it yourself project as opposed to it's all coming in a package with a, a google mm-hmm. and Google's working with some pretty big names to to bring some products to market, uh, possibly as early as fall 2010.
1: Yes, they've already been talking with people like
0: Sony and Logitech. Right. Um, on
1: products. And, and, uh, there's a probability too that, uh, I shouldn't even say it's a probability. It's a, uh, it, you won't necessarily have to connect a box to your TV. They're working on TVs. Yes. They'll so have the happened. necessary equipment inside so that you will be able to do this without having to hook up a second piece of equipment.
0: Right. So you would just hook the, your, your, you know, however you're getting your, your, uh, um, Broadband service, yeah. so uh, and and some of the TVs may even have uh, a Wi-Fi mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. card in them, so that you you know they wirelessly hook up to your home network, which is that's always a good thing because you're thinking well, good thing in the sense that uh, it's one less cable to have to worry about. Of course, if you don't have a very fast home network connection, then that's a problem. Um, or uh,
1: if lots and lots of people are. Trying to access a wireless network as you're running the demo for Google TV. Apparently, that is also a problem.
0: Yeah, I watched the. So I guess you watched the keynote. Yeah. where they had multiple issues. Yeah, that's that's one of the problems of any uh, high tech keynote speech now, is that everyone who's in the audience is also trying to access the same network you are using to give your demo. So either you need a uh, private network that no one else has access to, or you need to have everything uh, just running as a presentation as opposed to a live demo, because it's just really hard to get through otherwise.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's a tech company around that has had a... Live that has never had a problem with a live demonstration of some kind.
0: I guess I guess they can be thankful that's, that they didn't have any instances of uh, showing a website with a big box with a question mark on it, saying that it's lacking the proper plugin in order to display it. That's true. <clears throat> Apple. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so the right. uh, going back to to the Google TVs plan here. Right. So. I think what Google TV has really managed to do, I think what Google has managed to do is look at how consumers have been getting used to accessing more and more entertainment content via the web. Back when Internet TVs first started hitting the market, that was pretty much uh, a very niche audience. There were Mm -hmm. very few people, comparatively speaking, who were accessing entertainment online. For one thing… There weren't a whole lot of official channels where you could access entertainment online. So if you were accessing entertainment online, there was a fair percentage that you were pirating it. Yeah. Or that you were going through some proxy site to view... Um, television programs that were not authorized to be shown online. Uh, and then you started to see partnerships with companies like Hulu and various content providers where you had official channels where you could watch real network programming or cable programming that was authorized by the content provider. Um, and that's when people started to say, hey, you know what? Uh, I missed last night's episode. I didn't set the DVR. Um, or uh, there's this new show that I didn't even know about, so I didn't even know to set the DVR, but right. I can go to Hulu and I can watch it and more and more people I think have become comfortable with watching stuff online and they're they 're even comfortable watching it on a small form factor like a, a, a laptop right you know or uh, in some cases even you know an iPod if they 're getting it through iTunes um, but I think if you ask any of them, hey, would you like to have the freedom that you have?" Accessing entertainment online where you can look at things like the last five episodes on Hulu of any particular show. Mm-hmm. Would you like to have that freedom on your actual television where you're no longer using your TV to access whatever the programming is that the content providers are are uh, allowing you to access and instead you're able to access a much larger pool of content. I think most people would say, yeah, I would love that. I just don't want a clunky interface between me and the content. Yeah. And that's Google TV's biggest hurdle, I think, is to make that, that interface as smooth and easy as possible and to try and minimize the impact of, hey, you're going to need a keyboard to be able to use this completely. Um, once they're able to get to that point, I think that this product could, it, have huge success. Yeah, um one other advantage that
1: Google has with doing Google T V is that it's using its Android operating system and uh third party providers are going to be able to write applications for Google T V just as they would for other Google Android operating system mm-hmm. uh platforms. So that's going to be an advantage too for them. Um uh Google will actually even have a, a YouTube interface, right? Um, of course, Google is a parent company for YouTube, right? Um, but there's it's what it's called a YouTube leanback. It's and it's designed to be couch ready, yeah. So if you, you will, you, you,
0: so you don't have to go in and start searching for stuff uh, using a keyboard necessarily. It'll mm-hmm. have it'll have pre-selected uh, videos that uh, that you are. Supposedly going to be predisposed to enjoying, based upon your own behaviors online on YouTube and the, what your friends enjoy watching. So it also presupposes that your friends enjoy the same things you do, which thinking of my friends means I'm in I'm in store for some of the scariest videos that you have ever seen online. Because, good lord, those guys are freaks. Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> um.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I I think Google TV is going to be an important step in the evolution of TV and computer, you know, convergence, to use that word again. Um, But, you know, it does require the participation of the content providers who have been traditionally a little reticent to share their information. I I think personally I would say that's probably because uh, a lot of people associate digital with easy-to-copy and distribute um, without any regard for copyright. Well, and they, that's not necessarily true of different interfaces.
0: And it's also associated with reduced revenue yeah. because you're not getting the same amount of ad revenue online as you are through television broadcast. But I think Google's approach kind of circumvents that a little bit because yeah. you're still getting content through your normal you know, providers. You're still getting content through cable and satellite. You're just also able to access content on the web. It's not, it's not like Google's forcing content providers to to put all of their stuff on the web. Mm -hmm. It's just allowing customers to access the stuff that's on the web as well as the stuff that's on their TV. And I think that's the right approach because it's less threatening to the content providers, right? It's not saying, hey, if you don't play our game, then you're gonna get left behind. It's saying, we're giving customers more options and they still wanna watch your content. If it's good content, they're gonna go and say, oh, it's eight o'clock, I need to tune into Mythbusters, which is an awesome show. Mm -hmm. You know, They're still gonna do that. It's not saying that you need to put MythBusters online or else uh, no one will watch it. Yeah, which I mean, everyone knows that that's not true because <laughs> they're awesome. Well, of course. Um,
1: but uh, actually, that um, I think too, you can see signs of that in the uh, the partnerships developed. Or developing, I should say, rather, around the TV Everywhere initiatives, which Mm -hmm. are um, basically started by Time Warner and uh, by Comcast, Mm -hmm. who uh, basically are trying to find ways to get content providers on board and offer access to a subscriber's TV shows anywhere. Um, In this case, a subscriber to the cable services uh, of one of those companies would be able to watch their favorite shows on a TV. Or uh, with a login, you know the proper, the proper uh, credentials, they could watch it on their laptop or on their desktop computer at work when they're supposed to be doing something important.
0: Right. Um, right. But but uh, you Not know maybe I they're ever on the road. Do that. I never ever ooh thirty rock. Yeah. But
1: perhaps they're on the road. You have an, a busy executive who's on the road, has a difficult time watching his or her favorite shows, and can tune in anywhere regardless of where it is by using this initiative and i think that some of the, the content providers are going oh well if they're paying us via a subscription and you know we can identify them as a paid subscriber then maybe that's not so bad and also I, oh i'm sorry
0: no, no no please continue i don't didn't mean to interrupt
1: well no no um, there there's another uh, dish network also has a tv everywhere initiative that mm-hmm. uh, is is a little different uh, because they uh, a couple years ago, purchased Sling Media, which makes the Slingbox a uh, place-shifting technology that allows you to watch content from your DVR box on different media. And it sort of circumvents the whole necessary... I mean, and that's baked in. You have to log into these services, speaking right. as a Dish Network subscriber and former employee. Um, you you actually... Uh, uh, log in to the software, you have to have a login to that account to be able to see the information coming from your DVR or from your, your uh, set-top box. So it, it essentially achieves the same purpose. As long as you're you know using enabled hardware and you're logged in, you have access to the programming for which you are already paying, and I think content providers are a little bit more okay with that.
0: Yeah, and the reason you would want something like that is, one, it allows you to keep up with things like the local news, which sure. you wouldn't get necessarily if you were on the road, or sporting events. Sporting events are huge that's the biggest that 's kind of the biggest hurdle for web TV because um, sporting events have their own set of really complex rules about where they can and can't be shown yeah so if you wanted to catch the local game of your your home sports team and you're in a different market, um, you have only a few options one of them is to be let, let's say it's baseball yeah uh, then one of your options is to be a subscriber to major league baseball's uh, online service yes. where which would allow you to watch games that are when you are outside of that market, um, another would be the Slingbox method yes, that you were mm-hmm. talking. Uh, but as for the Television Everywhere uh, uh, initiative, the nice thing about Google TV is I don't think it competes with that at all. No, not really. It, it's actually kind of a supplement to it, really. Because again, it would just give you another way of accessing uh, the online Mm -hmm. portion. So let's say that, uh, let's say that your agreement with Comcast where you can access the, the, uh, programming either online or, uh, or on your television, because you're already a Comcast subscriber, mm-hmm. um, if it allowed you to access any back episodes, or if it allowed you to watch any episode that had previously aired for, for up to a week, let's say. So let's say that Tuesday's new episode of such and such came on, and it's Thursday, you missed it. If you're able to log on to the Comcast one and still watch Tuesday's episode up until the following Tuesday, uh, that would still be useful on your Google TV. Yeah. Like, assuming you didn't already have some sort of DVR built in there, you would be able to go back and watch the episode you had missed uh, because you were subscribed to that program. Yeah. So um, we don't know really uh, any of the other details about Google TV, like is it a subscription-based model? Is it just a product? Is it is the price of the product just built into whatever it is you're going to be purchasing? Right, right. We don't really know all of those details yet. Um, and... Uh, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I, what I'm really interested in is the potential of using something like Google TV and marrying that with things like video games, yeah. so that you could use a, uh, you know, I could see that Google TV evolving to the point where you could subscribe to a video game service and kind of like the cloud video game systems that we've talked about in the past. Yeah, you would be able to uh, play video games over your broadband connection without the need for a disc right. or anything like that. And so, you know, you want to jump on a game and play a few first-person shooter multiplayer games, you might be able to do it through Google TV in the future. Right. They haven't talked about that, but it's a possibility.
1: Yeah. um, As as we've been talking about this, I I think I would have to say that I see this not as an end point, but just another step in the convergence of content and platform. Right. So basically we'll have... Content coming from multiple sources, and you can watch it on multiple platforms.
0: Yeah, we could ultimately internet. get to the point where it's like a giant stream of content, and the way you access it is up to you. Yeah, that's that's probably where we are ultimately heading, but it'll still take a while before we get there because I mean we're we're moving from one established model into something that's still being kind of, of formed as we speak. Yes. So it'll be a while before we get there, but it's definitely an exciting future. It's fascinating to watch, too,
1: just to to see what kinds of content are enduring. And, and the ones that, uh, <laughs> for me, it's even more funny, are the ones that the models that they predict will be dying any minute now that just... You know, people really like things like TV. Yeah, they just want to be able to watch it in different places.
0: I think I think part of the danger is that we look at the folks who are way, way, way ahead of the average consumer, and we're basing everyone's behavior upon a very small sample yeah. population, and that's always dangerous because there's always going to be some people who will run out and adopt something that doesn't necessarily mean it'll be successful. Uh, look at all the people who adopted LaserDisc or HD DVD. Yes. Um, these are things that that met with initial success, but ultimately didn't make a huge impact in the overall market.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm still trying to find a way to uh, hook up my Betamax to
0: my Slingbox. Yeah. Good luck with that. So, uh, well, that wraps up that discussion. Let's let's hit uh, a little listener mail. This listener mail comes from Angela. And Angela says, good morning, Chris and Jonathan. Hey, how'd you know we're recording this in the mornings to the afternoon? While listening to your recently aired episode, I became increasingly interested in learning more about Ada Lovelace. I opened Google Chrome and began searching for any type of media uh, about her. I opened four tabs, Google, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, she wanted to know, is there a, a search engine that could encompass all of the websites that she wanted to search, consolidate them into one largely organized search result, and uh, if there is, what is it? And, Chris, you had an answer for Angela. Yeah, um, directly the first thing I thought of,
1: was Rollio, which is R-O-L-L-Y-O dot com. And it's a way to uh, basically create your own search engine. You, you can search multiple uh, websites at one time, and you can specify which ones. Um, you know, it's a, it's a very customizable platform. You can create an account and have multiple search engines uh, by which, you know, you, you have your own uh, uh, search roles um, you know that you can use for different platforms, especially useful if you have uh, multiple searches. you know in this case, she had something that she was looking for in particular, but if she does a lot of searching on those same websites for topics like that she's going to want to create an account uh to do that so that she can you know bring that up in a moment's notice you can also uh there are plugins for different browsers as well that use that but there are other uh, meta search engines such as dogpile or mm-hmm. clusty mm-hmm. that search uh multiple search engines uh you know yahoo bing Google and all those others at the same time so that you're getting the multiple, the effect of searching a whole bunch of search engines at once because not all of them use the same algorithms to bring up content. So it can be very useful, but Rolio is a lot more customizable and you can search individual websites like
0: right. that. Right. So Rolio is kind of like the precision, uh, you're using a, a scalpel to go and, and try kind and, yeah. whereas the other one is like you're, you're, you're doing widespread bombing. Right, right. It's a difference in precision and recall, uh, and you probably don't want me to launch into that. Right. At any rate, uh, hopefully that answers your question, Angela. And if any of you have questions for us, you can write us. Our email address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon.
1: If you're a Tech Stuff fan, be sure to check us out on Twitter TechStuffHSW is our handle, and you can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TechStuffHSW. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new TechStuff blog,
0: now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you